<clears throat> Hello, this is A Few Stones in a Cave. I'm Sean, and I'm here with... I'm Ron. And uh, this is the pilot episode of the podcast, Ron. You excited? Oh yeah, dude, I'm super excited, man. Completely original idea, kind of uh, something different, switch it up a little bit. It's not that original, but it's different personalities doing something new. Yep, so uh, are we just going to ad-lib this thing, or uh, did you have any points that we were going to go over today? I had a few questions to ask you. Okay, what about this podcast? What about the podcast? What about it? Which What's part? our uh, objective here? Let's uh, explain that to everybody. Just talk about random subjects, maybe bring people on and talk to them and ask them about their life. Yeah, maybe find stuff relatable. Yeah. S- uh, debate, theorize a little bit, see what everybody's struggling about, just... Two average stones in a cave, you know, trying to survive the world, but we'll, uh... Yeah, I just want to start off by just asking, you know, where were you born? Yeah, so, I tell people I was spawned under a rock beside a truck, but uh, my uh, when was I born story is actually pretty good. But I was born officially in Akron, Ohio. Uh, uh, famously known for the hometown of the one, the king, LeBron James. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Not too far from Cleveland, actually. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, but, uh, not much of a Browns fan. But, anyway, different story, different day. But, yeah, I used to tell joke people and tell them I was, like, spawned under a rock or whatever, because my mom was, like, kind of a drug hoe and has, like, nine kids, but... Really? Mm. Yeah, dude, I met her in college. Every time I meet her, she's with a different dude. Has a different kid, different dad. Jeez. Yeah, they're all mentally challenged, all screwed up. Like, my life is pretty close to, like, shameless. Have you ever seen that episode? Like, except for, like, my dad just kind of went off of the picture, and my mom was, like, the, the a more sluttier, hoer Frank Gallagher. And, uh... We kind of all uh, got split up before they had a chance to let us raise in a household by ourselves. But it was pretty much fend for yourself. And then growing up, I was adopted. And, like, a family of four raised me. All, like, had their own issues and their elderly. Where was that at? That was in Fairview, West Virginia. Comparatively, if we were being theoretical and uh, in comparison with what's local to us in this small barren wasteland of North dirt. Dakota. Yeah, that too. Uh, be like, kind of like winter. You know, smaller town, not really have anything to go for in it, but uh, we got a high school, we got a Dollar General, we got a gas station, we got a bank, we got a library. We're going places. About how many thousand people lived in that um, town? Probably like 1,200. Oh yeah, so smaller than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the difference is, it was uh, eight miles from a town about the size of this, and then, like, 20 minutes from, like, another town about the size of this, or a little bit bigger, and then uh, all those towns, which were way closer than what we are, formed our high school, which was 20 minutes away from... uh, Fairmont, which is like just sm- slightly smaller than Fargo, which was like 
20 minutes away from like Morgantown, which is like the biggest party city in the United States, and it's like probably bigger than Fargo. Definitely has way more. And for reference, Fargo is like and I North think Dakota. the biggest. Yeah, that, I'm biggest using city. that uh, mainly for the comparison. Yeah. Because you're familiar with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How long you ventured out in the world? Well, so just in case somebody hears. Me yeah, right and now. in comparison, I mean, it's like a hundred thousand people. It's like oh yeah, it's, just it's a it's a it's a mediocre city. city. It's a city. I mean, yeah. most people from it's the cities, like most people from the cities, I mean they. They would come to what we would call a city and be like, this is a village. You know, where's the mall at? But like... They would come here and be like, this is a neighborhood. No, I feel like North Dakota is like stuck in the 80s. It's all still got that homegrown, homey vibe. Everybody's still semi got morals, more laid back, doesn't caught up in all the hustle and bustle. Like, you guys don't even have like Wi-Fi like down your town hall. Like most towns nowadays, like cities or whatever, they have like local Wi-Fi that are like beaming off of poles. Just for the community, for whatnots. Yeah, that is true. They have the, uh, like, New York has those little things you can come up to that have the free Wi-Fi now and everything. But a lot of people don't use them because it's really easy for people yeah, to, but like, I mean, steal your Yeah, but I mean, like, right here, you're, you're, the bar still lets you hold a tab. I mean, the people at the gas station, you know, let you go ahead and pump it before paying because they know who you are. And everybody knows everybody, and it's all just yeah. small town home. Like, everybody's still got that farmer family vibe. It's good, but it's bad. Like, it has its upsides and its downsides, just like a big city, I would imagine. But I want to get back to your growing up. So when you were adopted, then what happened after that? I was raised in a family of craziness. Which involved? Um, psychotic younger brother who had a rare form of, rare form of autism. Along with bipolar, oppositional defiant disorder, ADHD, was on like eight different uh, medications at a time. Also had some intestinal issues, which caused him to have like diarrhea or be constipated, like one or the other. Um, he tried to set me on fire. He threw a hammer at me while I was mowing the lawn. Uh, he had tell can, can I ask about that? Why did he try and throw a hammer at you? I was just mowing the lawn, and he thought it was Davy Crockett or something, and just chucked a. Ball beam hammer, like smack, knocked me off the four wheeler, or not the four wheeler, but the tractor, or I wasn't even tractor, it was a dual Sears supercharged heavy duty tractor, and you shifted gears in that thing, and you could pop the tires off the ground. Like, you could literally do some burnouts in this little lawnmower. Because it was like a old Sears custom uh, lawnmower with a Cooler, en- cooler engine or whatever. It was fucking friggin' tank, man. Anyway, yeah. <coughs> We'd have, uh, he'd steal from so much that, uh, we had deadbolt locks on the doors. If I had to take a crap, I had to ask my dad for a key to go to the bathroom. If I wanted to get a drink of water, I had to ask for a key. If I wanted to get, uh, something out of the fridge in the kitchen, I'd have to ask for two keys. One for the kitchen door and one for the fridge. They actually had to go around and put deadbolt locks in all the house, switch the hinges on the outside of the doors so they couldn't pick the pins off of them to remove the doors. Um, yeah, it's freaking nuts, man. And that's just my brother. What about the other three? Uh, well, then there's Brittany, older. She has, like, she's severely mentally. Uh, uh, 
she's older and uh, she's really delayed mentally. She's like two years older than me and I'm almost 24. Well, she's like 18 months older than me uh, and I'm almost 24. But uh, mentally, she's probably always going to be like 12. So I got a question here quick. So you're saying, what about the other two kids? That they have mental problems too? Yeah. So like, were these all four of these kids like these two parents like were they all their kids or were they adopted kids as well there were my brothers and sisters that were adopted because my adopted family wanted to adopt a group of kids to keep them together so they adopted four of the six okay so those are still like your actual actual brothers and sisters yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i don't oh. know if the dad's the same but i know the, the mom's the same oh okay 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 it's hard to say who the dads are of everybody, but... Oh, okay. All right, that brings it back to the beginning, then. <clears throat> so, okay, I get it, I get it. All right. So they adopted four of us. Uh, my older brother's, uh, you know of him. He's kind of just a weird guy, rather large and in charge. <laughs> Always got something something to prove. Um, but, yeah. He's semi-normal, but that's a lot of people will debate on that, and that's not just because I'm with my brother. Like, if you met the guy, you'd understand. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then my uh, older sister, anyway, very uh, delayed, has a very childish mind. She's very bipolar, and she'll just have, like, mood swings, and she'll just flare up and want to fight you or be contrary and kick and scream and yell and act like... A six-year-old she goes from like a, a semi-functioning 12 year old that like does things pretty well is kind of happy just sitting and chilling you can have conversation with to like six-year-old you stole my toy and my life is over but that kind of rage anyway so um, what were your parents like like your adopted parents what were they like oh super religious to this to the point like we were so sheltered like me uh, growing up like it really, I mean, it kept me away from a lot of stuff, but at the same time, it kind of shallowed my perspective because it built up all these pre-judgmental uh, stereotypes, I guess you could say, in my head. Like, the, just the way I view things is different because I filter it through what's been, like, pounded in my head by someone else's, like, beliefs, viewpoints, you know. So when someone forces their perspective on you for so long, even though if it's a healthy perspective, it's kind of hard to see the bigger picture. It's kind of yeah, like... it's harder to see, like, other views on the same subject. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have empathy a lot of times and to really realize other people and their position and their perspective based off of their upbringing and background, which has made them the people that they are. And that's why you don't really want to go into any relationship that you may have with a person without... Realizing that there's going to be some pre, like, predispositions or like, you know, some history. There's, so. there's, there's going to be your your background is going to play uh, play effect in how you perceive somebody and how you relate with them. So overall, depending on how well people get together, I feel like it just depends on how accepting and understanding they can be of the other person. Because even if, you know, you guys have a lot in common or you don't have a lot in common, then, you know, if if you don't have a lot in common, you can understand at least why and just accept that with understanding and, you know, adapt. 
yeah to better you know coexist with that person yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense not to go on a side rabbit trail but having that form of logic when you approach a relationship is helpful yeah it's a very good thing to you know help keep things in track and in line but anyway now that we sidetracked on that rabbit trail you were asking about my parents and I was explaining you know their biggest you know attribute I would say uh, is their faith and you know that's something that they would be very proud about and you know I am proud about the extent that they're passionate about that you know it's something that I might be but it just has to take time I'm still like trying to figure everything out for myself so it's like you know yeah you're both very young you know, yeah still a lot to learn but that's why I wanted to uh, explain in further detail what an impact you know having parents that are religious can really have and and everything really yeah throughout my childhood I uh I never really did. I never went to church I never had any sort of inkling to be religious or anything as a matter of fact my brothers uh I was the youngest of everyone in my family, and uh, no one ever tried to suggest that I'd be religious or start believing in it, and from a younger age, I was told against it, and I was showed reasoning against being religious, and I've grown up to stay in the same sort of mindset, I guess. Yeah, but um, I would I would agree with you on that. That does play a big part. Yeah, I, th- I think the big thing is, like, however you're brought up. Because, like, I think it's harder for somebody that's been raised in a very religious household to find a new take on religion and change to maybe not believing in it. Whereas somebody that was maybe never believed in it before, you know, they can kind of, like, eventually maybe start to, like, creep into it and then believe it. And so, like, it's just sort of a double standard, but it... It's not at the same time. Yeah, but um, that's good. Um, To further uh, go on about my parents, though, because you had asked about them, um, you know, my mom's in her later 60s now. My dad's in his later 70s. My dad's just like, well, my adopted dad's like uh, really like 5'1", 5'2", maybe he's a short, like Italian guy, I think. Great cook, uh, super passive, nicest guy, just very down to earth. Used to be like old hippie with long hair, and then he met my mom, and she was his boss, and they worked at this power company. And did he get a raise? I don't know. He was his boss. <laughs> Not much has changed from that because he's just like, yes, dear, yes, dear, and it's kind of cute now. But I'm like, dang, dad, like. I really wanted that. Mom said, no, you could have helped me out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my mom, um, she was a very, uh, very proud, independent woman. You know, we clashed heads a thousand times. As all. And she's just, like, do. very opinionated, very conservative, and uh, she was very passionate about what she believed in, and if you disagreed, it was tough luck. Yeah, I could definitely see people living in households like that and people not and having differences with their parents about what they believe in and what they think of. Because not everyone's the same. Yeah. Especially as you get older, you kind of realize what you believe in and what you don't. But, yeah. And sometimes I mean, you clash. She was a very, very 
kind, caring, loving lady. I mean, she adopted four kids after raising two through a divorce. I mean, very courageous. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I like always felt like she cared too much about like how other people's perceived her. Yeah, and that yeah. did hinder like you know our relationship a little bit in a way. But I won't go too far into that just because it's mommy issues. But yeah, we so... got well. From how old to how old did you stay in that household? Uh, like with that family. I I mean, they fostered us for a while, but I'd say we were like, I think maybe like five or six when we were like adopted and stayed there till like 18. So yeah, so through like high school. Okay. So then throughout that time, did you move anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, we lived in, uh, West Virginia, uh, we moved to North Dakota, and that's how the relation is, because my brother who lived up here, he was like a missionary. My brother being um, my adopted family's, one of their two biological sons. Uh, one is a uh, pastor now, but he was a missionary up here at the Indian Reservations, and the other one is a security guard at the Laurel Caverns in Virginia. Um, but anyway... He was a missionary up in North Dakota. Long story short, uh, he came home to visit, brought my, or he brought uh, the guy who lives up above us. <laughs> the guy who lives up above us, uh, he brought him because they're friends. And they hit it off with my grandma. They got married. We moved up here in my eighth grade. And then my grandma ended up dying. We ended up moving back to West Virginia. But that's my connection to up here. So then, let's kind of jump forward a little bit. So, like, when you were 18, what was life like then? Or actually, we, oh. we can go back a little bit. So, what was, like, the beginning of high school like for you? What was, like, oh. what was, like, the end of middle school and then, like, junior high like for you, where you lived? And then kind of, like, explain the school system and how big and what it was So, like. when I was up here, I would have been eighth grade. I was the kid, the new kid. Who was super weird, super goofy, super outspoken, and just obnoxious because, you know, I was so deprived of attention. I was just trying to cause trouble, trying to figure out, you know, what was what. Didn't really know how to respond with normal kids because I grew up in literally a nut house. You know, my parents, I was insecure because my parents, you know, they thought I was like bipolar or, you know, oppositional or hyperactive or something because my other siblings were like, fruit baskets so they just assumed you know there's probably something wrong with me yeah i kind of that's kind of a thing that people do that's kind of bad is they kind of just mix mix misdiagnose yeah. things and so just like jump to the first time the first time we have an argument my parents are like well this isn't because you're just acting out like a normal child this is because you have a mental <laughs> illness and like when my dad got really sick with his first heart attack because he was so stressed out from like our lifestyle and understandably so um, my parents sent us all to like psych wards. So I was like in a psych ward for three months and then they finally made me go home and they're like, this guy's like normal. Cause I would just like, everybody else would be like acting like crazy people, just running everywhere, you know, picking fights, just, you know, poking at people, you know, and I'm sitting there reading a book and then like we're late in line, everybody's like playing with something and I'm just having like a well thought out, drawn out conversation with the staff. <laughs> like... You know, so by my freshman year, you know, I was just more reading books. I moved back to West Virginia. Really couldn't find my place. Still rather obnoxious, but slowly started to be like my own person. 
and just started developing an attitude of not caring what other people thought. I was going to do me. I was going to have fun, and I was going to rock it. And uh, other than getting in so many fights because, like, my sister was, like, a hypochondriac and a psychological, whatever, she was, like, a psychopathic liar. And she's like, somebody who kind of looks like my brother keeps pushing me down the steps. And then I had, like, every freshman who wanted to think that I had something against mentally challenged kids. So, like, all the punks, like, in school that just wanted to start something because they had nothing better to do. Yeah. Just bullied me, and I, like, fought all of them. So, I got suspended, like, five or six times my freshman year for fighting. I got suspended, too, but mine was for, like, saying a stupid joke in class and get kicked out or maybe bad mouthing or like just not caring you know and just being like look man like this just isn't for me and like i'm just gonna do whatever i want yeah 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 but um where was it going with that yeah by uh later on i started playing sports I'm a really good wrestler I think I was. Everybody else would probably be like, no, he's trash, but whatever. I enjoyed it. I had fun. That's all that matters. Kept me in shape. Go, really started getting into music, hanging out with a cool group of friends. So I was like the weird guy with a guitar on the halls every once in a while. But <laughs> like, he was all right. He was whatever. I was like just a goofy kid, but... Yeah, I can kind of relate to that, you know. Never really find a place until but it was, like high school. It was good. Like my senior year was fantastic because I had a great group of friends, awesome group. Like we had our own room during lunch, like a home classroom that we ate with this one teacher who was like a student teacher and he was kind of young. But like the whole year, we just chilled in the classroom on our like lunches with him and just you know bullcrapped around whatever. And uh, I. All the lower classmen, like, loved me because I just walked around to their classrooms, like, during any of my classes because they were all a joke. We didn't show up to half of them. I went home at, like, lunch every day. You know, it was whatever. It was just, like, my playground at school anymore. Like, we had the student court in the middle of the school, which our school was, like, in a square, like, shape, like a donut. And in the middle was what was called senior court, which was, like, a indoor stone garden that only, like, the seniors could enter. And you could enter there through the library. Uh, which is on the ground floor, and you could go out, and it was just a courtyard, like a mini garden, just for seniors. So, like, we just hung out through there, but you you could, like, hop through the windows from senior court to other classrooms. So you could run across senior court and, like, dodge behind, like, plants and stuff, and then, like, dive in behind the windows. Because all the windows led to, like, a back office that's, like, the teacher's office, pretty much. And then you had, like, stepped out in the classroom. Like, we used to do that to Mr. Tennant, so he had, like, the window faced... Uh, like a little nook that was kind of like an office like a personal office and then you had like the classrooms so, like we just jump in and dive into his window or like step through really and then uh you're like in there and like he doesn't even know like so during class i'd just be like we would drive many rc cars on the floor in the middle of class <laughs> Dude, it, was, it was pretty sick uh senior walk we were like duct taping air horns and throwing them in classrooms and just running around rampant like <laughs> Well, my, my whole high school experience is a little bit different. I mean, through like junior high and stuff, I just never really, never really liked the whole like learning system in school and everything. So I kind of just made a joke at everything. Was always just yeah. a negative guy, and I was I would just like sit there and I would fucking 
I don't know. I would just make jokes, get in trouble, get kicked out. I wouldn't care. I'd just do whatever I wanted, and I never really cared about what anybody thought. And then, like, after I got a little bit older, like, I, I cared about what people thought earlier, and then I kind of got older, and I stopped caring, and I started just doing what I wanted to do, and eventually, you know, I just quit talking to, like, everybody in our school, because I just didn't really like anyone, really. And so, like, eventually I just became my own person, and now, you know, I've dropped out, and I'm working, and I plan on moving out of the state and going off and doing my own thing, and, you know, not following the the beaten path that everyone tries to lay down before you. Think about joining the military? I'm not. You in any way, shape, or form. I have thought about joining the military. Like, quite a bit I did, but I just, it's something that I, I don't think I'd want to do and devote that much time and Yeah, I can understand my, that. You know, give myself up that much for something. At once, I kind of want to just, you know, work and save up, move, and just keep trying to get something better and do something better, you know? So, uh, what's something you're passionate about? Alright, took a little break while I went to go get some food. <laughs> That's good food, good food. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so... We were talking about um, our childhood and uh, your experiences. Um, so what's something that uh, you're passionate about? What am I passionate about? I really want to find, like, something to, like, devote myself to, you know? And I don't know what it is, you know? Like, some people, they just find something they're really passionate about and just do it their whole life and they don't care about anything else because that's what makes them happy. And I just, I don't think I've done anything yet that really captivates me enough to just want to devote my life to it yet. And that's something I really want to find. And I think something that I'm really interested in about is like traveling and seeing the world and learning. Yeah, I mean... That's something, you know, I've always wanted to do. It's just you got to build up and find the right people. You want to do that with, like, a few people when you travel the world. First of all, you're in a place you're unfamiliar. Second of all, it's something you would want to experience and share with people. So finding that and then being financially stable to make a responsible journey like that would be a fantastic life experience, I think. But I mean, like, even me personally, I mean, like, I wouldn't even care if I had all the money. If I just flew there and just had to, like, live off... You know, just like live in a car for like a week or two, you know, like I totally be okay with something like that, you know, because you're just getting the experience and that's worth, that's worth it, you know, doesn't matter the cost, you know, people have to go through worse to get worse outcomes, so I mean, like, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I would like to go with a group of people, but I mean, like, if there's not a group of people that's able to go, you know, I'm totally fine going by myself somewhere and traveling the world and seeing it and, you know, experiencing that by yeah, I myself. To, I want to go to DG with some. Some nice lady friends. Some nice lady friends, huh? Mm -hmm. I'd like to go to like Finland or Iceland and go up in the mountains and camp for like a few weeks. Ireland. That'd be pretty sick. I could go get like a tattoo in Ireland. Go get a nice, go to a nice like pub. That would be pretty sick. Go to a pub in Ireland. So yeah, that was um, that was high school.
So, what was your first job? First official job, I seal coated parking lots with coal tar sealer from like an industrial level. How long did you do that for? Um, three years, summers mostly. Sounds uh, how much do you pay for doing something like that? Well, some jobs you could get like prevailing wage, which would be like thirty-five an hour. It's government pay. Oh yeah. So, uh, I guess another question I wanted to ask is, uh, maybe like, where do you see yourself like in five years? Like, what do you think some of the things you'll accomplish or what are some things you want to do in like five years time? Well, my goal now is I kind of went on a build credit, lost my job phase. So I would, uh, I want to pay off some stuff, get my credit in check get my finances in order and hopefully find uh, a missus as the five-year plan. Find a missus, huh? Get some stability in my life. And then look for a lady so I don't have to do it alone. I don't think I could say the same. I think uh, by the end of the next year, I'd like to be moved to a new state somewhere further down south, you know? I'm thinking South Dakota. Like, I wouldn't mind moving to Britain. I'm thinking like Colorado. Maybe. Or, I mean, but there's supposed to legalization of uh, some. Uh, I will talk about that another day. But uh, there are some changes coming to America. Some changes that I think maybe could have happened a long time ago. Because I mean, people that are today, I don't think it's that big of a problem for people, but. I got a pretty weird question here for you. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what's your thought on aliens? I mean, it'd be crazy to believe that uh, we're the only form of life in the universe. That's kind of where I stand on the subject. It's just, who the hell knows what's out there? Like, what if one day, like, a dragon just, like, There's too much out there for there not to be. Like, we already know there's a planet as close to us as Mars that if had oxygen, it has water. But, like... If there's a planet as close to us as Mars that could sustain life, such as Mars, out of all the billions of plants out there, there's got to be several similar to Earth. But, like, what if there's other planets that aren't even like Earth but have... Like living uh, uh, beings, objects that are as advanced and developed. Yeah, like why should we like, think that just, we are the most developed intellectually? Well, like, I think species? the thing is, is like for us, like our brain is like only known to what we know and what we understand on this earth. But as we see on other planets. Things are so much more different, so maybe different things with different abilities and different brain functions and different sorts of abilities are are out there. It's just a matter of time before we come in contact with something, or we go out and find it on our own. I can see that. I think that's kind of a cool concept to think about. But, you know, depending on what you believe... What's 
for us to say that we're the most developed, like I said, planet and species out there out of everything. There's not something that's, there's not another planet out there that's been around a little longer. I mean, like, there's definitely, uh, I mean, I, I would, if I was a gambling man and I had all the money in the world, I'd put it all on the option that said that there's definitely other beings of sorts that are way smarter and way more that have way better abilities than we would ever even comprehend maybe because our solar system alone is like a piece of sand in a beach compared to the universe like we're tiny we have no idea what's out there it could be anything it could be blocks that fly mystically who the hell knows right 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 but another question I had for you is what was being from like 18 to how old you are now like where would where have you lived and what what was it like living there ah that's a big question all right let's break it down a little bit all right so like 18 to like 19 where'd you live i went to appalachian bible college in Beckville, west virginia what was that like Ooh, mixed feelings about this so you know, I don't know where I'm at spiritually, but I went there and I learned a lot of things. But they were very strict, very conservative. Very closed-minded because they have like a very one way of thinking. Like they're not very, I don't know. We won't go in there. To each their own. But yeah, it was different. But I was there for like two years and then dropped out. Worked for a uh, power company. Um, quit there because I uh, got on drugs and uh, could make more money with my neighbor cutting trees because I could get, like, at the time, between like two and $500 worth of cash in a day and then go out and spend it. Uh, but so I technically, if I would have saved all that money, I would have made like twice as what I made at the power company, but the power company in the long run would have been the wise choice because it had the stability, the long term, and it was simple, the weather had benefits, you know, weather, etc. Yeah, yeah. Full 401, I mean everything, it was crazy. Best company, probably in the East Coast, one of the best top three companies to work for. Amazing things about First Energy. Love them. Probably want to go back there one day, I don't know. But, um... Up there to cut trees, ended up uh, being the unofficial Uber driver for like a huge gang from Detroit that sold drugs, <laughs> and they ended up all getting arrested, and I left to Florida with my friend, and uh, decided drugs wasn't worth it, did too much damage. So what kind of drugs uh, did you do and what kind of experiences did you have on them? Oh, I don't want to go into that right now. That's, that's for another day. It's for another day? Another huh? day. Another day? Just drugs that are very harmful to your life, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Okay, okay. I mean, just life enders, so... It was bad, but when, I, when you realize that and you know where everything leads and you want to do better truly, then... You do. So I moved up here, got a job, been here for like nine months. Been almost like ten months sober now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why. 
but I never felt like I was addicted to drugs. I was more of like a party user, but like my friend was super hardcore in them and you know, very emotional and wanting to be supportive and that kind of gets me in trouble, but. Yeah. So, what do you, what would you say is the most empowering thing you've done to date in your life? Like what's the, the thing you remember, like if you had to think back, what's like the most memorable thing you've ever done? Like the first thing that comes to mind every time you just reminisce. Well, um, there was a time when I auditioned, like, sent in for The Voice my uh, senior year of high school and uh, was going to be on, like, the show and actually, like, compete. And my parents didn't want me to go. They didn't take me serious and just kind of, like, blew it off. And then, like, anytime I'd try to talk to them about it, they just thought I was, like, joking, wouldn't take me serious or be like, no. So I didn't get to do it. But, um, something I kind of regret but like the biggest thing that like in my life that like I remember every day is just when I decided to like probably in probably back in February March to start living for me and not caring how other people perceive me and let that dictate my reactions in life I was gonna take my time and Determine for myself what I believed as far as life in general, God, etc. And uh, I was just going to take some time and focus on myself and put myself first and not in a selfish way, but just, you know, taking back and evaluating myself mentally, physically, emotionally and whatnot just to better myself. So I think it's always good to, you know, pay attention to yourself and, you know, if you're going through a rough spot, you know, kind of put yourself priority maybe a little more than you do norm or most of the time because you know you might be going through a rough patch and you kind of want to get yourself back up and going and good so you can try and you know maybe help someone else that's going through a rough patch agreed agreed so right now what's the date it is it's november 12th 2019 November 12 2020 what do you expect for yourself hmm. hopefully I'll have kept this job still making money or have moved somewhere else and have secured a job that I'm gonna be more passionate about because if I move again it'll be to something better already set up, secure, locked down. You know, I'm done being reckless and trying to figure stuff out on the run without a plan and relying on other people to back me up if it fails because it's just not It's not always sustainable. Yeah. So I'm going to just stay here, try to become stable, work on myself, continue to, you know, see how things develop in my life. Then either improve myself here or find something somewhere else where I can more happily sustain what I want from life. I think that's always a big choice is finding somewhere or something that you really like. Follow it and find it and stay there and do it. You know, put your head to the grindstone, get it done with, and then, you know, just be happy and do your thing. 
you know, and then, you know, let's say, you know, you're making a lot of money, but you just, you know, you hate your job, and is it really worth it, you know, I'd rather have a little less pay and like my job, you know, that way you're not, you know, resenting going to work every day and thinking about what you have to do, and then, then when you come home after work and when you're on your weekend, you just, when Monday rolls around, you're just like, I don't want to get off. I want to find an excuse not to go to work. I want to just complain. And when you come home, you're like, God, I, I don't want to go to sleep because I don't want to wake up because I don't want to go to work. And like when you get stuck in that mindset and you're just constantly downing life and you're constantly doubting what you have. And when you don't just take, when you keep taking things for granted, you don't just stand back for a second and realize what life really is. And then you kind of realize what you do have and what you don't have and what you do need and what you don't. And then you kind of get a, a bigger perspective and find out that, like, there's no reason to think so negatively. And, you know, sometimes life isn't perfect, but, you know, most of the time you have it a lot better than others. Especially we take certain things for granted. Like, a lot of people, you know, like I was saying, just resent going to work. And, you know, you work a lot of your life if you don't make it big. And so why resent it so much? Like, why not try and just make it better or you know try and relax or find a way or find a new job or a new career you know it's never too late to try and you know find something that makes you happy in my mind yeah I think that's all something you know we strive for is to find the purpose of it all and then you know see where we can build on that Yeah, I think it's really just a matter of what people think is important to them and what they want to find and do and achieve. And, you know, it's all just a matter of perspective. Yeah, that is important. So, I kind of wanted to bring up the fact that you are 24 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when's your birthday? November 30th, 1995. So your birthday is coming up. You're about to be 25. 24. Oh, you're about to be 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. My bad, my bad. So next year you're going to be 25. When you were younger, where did you kind of see yourself like at this stage of your life? Did, like you see your life going the direction it has? I had no idea. Yeah? No idea. I just kind of went with it. Like if you would have went back to your past self like 10 years ago and been like, this is where you're going to end up, would you have been like, you're lying. Like there's no way that's possible. No, I just, just want to be like, yeah, I'm a failure. I suck. Really? Yeah. I'll be like, not surprised. Yeah. But if I... I think... If I could go back through it and do it in a healthier way and still have the wisdom that I have now and the experiences, some of the experiences, the good ones anyway, I wouldn't change it. Or if I could go back through and do it the right way but lose all of that, then I'd still want to make those mistakes. I think, personally, if you came to me, I'm not that old, I'm only 17, but if you came to me like, what, just two years ago even and said like and you presented me today to me then I'd be like you're insane like there's no way but now that like I'm here like I'm 
I'm way happier than I've ever been, and I feel great. And like we're starting a podcast, to, you know, broadcast to people to present ideas, and right, personalities, right. you know, to show that people are different. You know, so I think it's something fun, something cool, something creative. You know, some people play sports. We're in here recording a podcast because we're lazy. You know, some of us against our will. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you know, I'm not LeBron James. I mean, if you you can't lie to me, you can't tell me that anybody can conquer the dreams because I would love to play in the NBA. But if you look at me. You look at LeBron, we're standing side by side, things just don't add up. There's no no way in hell I'd be able to play with that man. The genetics. Like, he would just look at me, I'd look at him, he'd look down at me, I would I'd I'd be gone. I'd be like, yeah, no, like there's no way I can do this. Like what am I supposed to do? Right, right. He's a freak of nature, man. Genetics, he's got all, all. of those guys are. But the thing is, is it uh, there's something that I don't get about basketball is all of these cocksuckers are just growing bigger and bigger and bigger, and the hoop is staying at the same height, all right? These guys are just standing up and just dunking without even, like, raising their heels. So, like, can't we just, like, raise the hoop? It's not like Isaiah Thomas is, like, dunking normally on, like, a 10-foot hoop. Like, who cares? Raise it up a foot. I say just make it twelve foot and move the move the three point shot back another ten feet. Oh, like, that's a bit far. That's a bit far. No, I, I mean, gotta admit. You got like that better those, be like a five point those shot. Those guards be making everything from that. They're making a half Steph, court. Steph is like the only person that would ever make that. I'm, I don't know. There's a lot of young maybe, people. Maybe because some... of like say what you want. Not to get in like a sports topic, but say what you want about Steph Curry. But he revolutionized the game of basketball. He, he did. Might you can't say. Um, he's not, um, I mean, the argument about him being the most best basketball player of all time, whatever, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, I don't you know, think who, Steph Larry Bird, whoever, whatever, the people on Magic Johnson, I mean, the list goes on. Whoever you want to put in there, whatever. But to say who had the biggest impact, you got to say Michael Jordan, but then to the actual game itself, I mean, Michael Jordan made basketball like a thing. He made it an icon. He made I it a status almost. He made, I see where you're going. But for changing and developing how the game itself is played, Steph Curry has made the biggest you know, impact. Well, the thing because is with that is because the three-point shot, like everybody, like before it was like well, who can muscle your way in for the easy two points. Now it's like who can put yourself in place to hit, you know, an accurate. I think sort of, but I think more to begin with is kind of Jordan kind of started this this trend of like crazy dribble to create the open shot, and and then Kobe, you know, he got like the fadeaways and he got it all and then he got the drive and then he got the three point shot and he had the whole the whole arsenal going and now LeBron's got it and then you see like uh, a young young man like Zion who's just a freak of nature but his game is mainly based around driving and just fucking dunking on anyone and everyone but he still has a three point shot you know but I mean, Steph. Yeah, I think in basketball now you're just you're just forced to develop your overall game. Yeah, I think you, now it's more or less like if you 
don't have an overall game, you don't have a place. Now it's like, they used to just get along with like specialists and like, you could have a crappy shot, but like be really good on defense and blocking and they'd throw you in there. I still think that a team with just a good core could beat a team with like one or two just stars that are able to do everything. I think if there's a team with a good core, like a good core everything. You need really three key players because otherwise they're going to get worn down during, you know. But I think if you have like a full core and then like a few backups that are like really good, like not really good because, you know, you can't always get that. But, you know, if you have a good, good starting core, you know, like a good group of guys, like everyone out there is able to do what they're supposed to do and they're able to contribute to each other. I think that's better than anything else, rather than just having like a Steph Curry, a Clay, and KD out there on the floor, and them going ham for like twelve minutes together in the first half of the game, you know, and then some of them being in while the other people aren't, and then they kind of just it doesn't mix up well, and then they kind of have to create for themselves, and it's not the same, and it doesn't add up and everything over the whole score of things perfectly. Like it should. But I know you follow UFC in a little bit of the spectacle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you pay attention to the uh, the BMF belt? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Between that dude, I'm, I'm terrible with names, but uh, it was against Nate Diaz and that dude who had like that. Quickest knockout. In, yeah, in Jorge Masvidal against Yeah, ben I can't Asper. pronounce his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's really good. I don't think he's, like, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he could be champ. I really do. I mean, I, I, th- I think he's really good. Do I think he's the best in the division? No. I think, personally, I think... I mean, they're, probably... for one, let's talk about the fact that they had to come up with another belt because the other guy on their weight division no one can touch. No, that wasn't the fact. The fact they I made mean, up the belt is because it was Nate and him. And Nate and him, it was just a one-off deal. It's supposed to be, like, just a really cool idea. The thing, Jorge was supposed to fight Kamara Usman. That's the champion of that division. But uh, he didn't get to, and so he fought uh, Nate. And now Colby Covington and Kamara Usman are going to fight. And Jorge will... Either fight the winner of that or I believe they said Leon Edwards. But he did say that he had some hand injuries and he wasn't going to be fighting until the beginning of next year. So Jorge will not be fighting. And in his words, he said he will not be fighting unless they pull out the checkbook until the beginning of next year. So. That was a badass fight. I I paid for the pay per view. I watched that. That was pretty cool. It did get stopped, but yeah. I mean, if they have like a Christmas throwdown with him versus Conor McGregor, I don't think Conor has been trying to tease that he's coming back on January eighteenth next year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't highly know. I highly doubt it'll be against Jorge. I if think anything, I think Conor McGregor is still as good as he was, but he's gotten too arrogant. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I will also say that... Uh, he was that think guy he lost to. I, I'm terrible with the names. Yeah, Habib. Like, his wrestling background, like, is just so solid. Like, 
He's almost like the Floyd Mayweather. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Of like, I think personally, of I think the UFC, because it's like, I think he's a goat. I don't think like, I mean, I've seen him knock people out, but I don't think it's something like you go in like. You don't go in there he's, fearing Habib's stand up. You go yeah. in there fearing how long he's you just have a beast. until you're on your back. He's a beast with like an unlimited fuel. And if you go to the ground with him, like he's gonna make you like he probably is like one of the best sambo wrestlers. Like he's gonna maul you. Yeah, and he's I gonna think wear the thing you down. with Khabib is he's the goat because, like a John Jones or someone, like yeah, he's fought people, but like, not as dominantly. Like Khabib, if is he, like Khabib's gonna get a hold of you, and when he does, like it's over. And the thing is for Khabib is it's not like, I think it's he's not regarded as like the overall goat goat because he's not like. It's not like his overall game is good. It's like yeah. it's only one portion is just a takeover. And so, like, when he goes into a fight, you're not worrying. You're not putting him against, like, a, I don't a feel, cowboy. I don't feel like, like I he's see marketed as well as he should be, too, because, like, if he was reason... more outspoken and, like, easier to feed, like, the fans, you know, in that regard. The fans regard... don't want to see someone hold someone down for five rounds and then maul someone sometimes. Like, yeah. they want to just see not, like, the casuals do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm fine with seeing if someone, like, does a flying arm bar and it's, like, a comeback win via flying arm bar. I mean, that could get freaking awesome, but, like, yeah. I don't want to see you just standing there bear-hugging each other in the fetal position for, you know, yeah, it's kind of however weird. many rounds. Yeah, but, I mean, I think Habib is the GOAT because, I mean, like, when he fights, he just, I think, like I was saying, he's not regarded as the GOAT because... He is overall game is mostly just ground game and he doesn't have a good stand up and so but he's so dominant. Like when he gets you on the ground there's no The fight that I wanna see the most bumps. though is John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. 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 Yeah, dude, his That's how he says it. Adesanya. The last style bender, dude. He he's is, a beast, dude. He oh is like God. one of the most fun. There's another dude in like the lightweight division, tall, kinda has like a white dude, skinny dude with like kinda like a fro. He's pretty fun to watch. He has some crazy stuff, but Johnny Walker. I, I don't know. He's coming back, though, I heard. He was out for a little bit. He's like 18-1 and one or something like that. He's, he's crazy good. But uh, anyway, um, the last stylebender, yes. Did you see his right. interview with Brendan Schaub? That came out today. That was pretty Like, good. I think he's promising, but, like, I'm a still, like, I love watching John Jones because he's just, dude, he's got it all. Like, he's just got the power. But John Jones in his last few fights has proven that he's definitely beatable. It's just a matter of a, another great athlete. Great his only one loss coming. is still like most people debate that even like. Yeah, because it was a disqualification. Yeah. But like the thing is, is John has proven now, like in his last two fights, that he's definitely beatable now. And so like if somebody that's great and actually great at light heavyweight comes up, they have a possibility of beating John now. Like it's yeah. not unreachable like habib it's still like nobody has any fucking idea no one has no one has the uh, answer i mean yeah nobody has a blueprint for habib people have a blueprint sort of mocked up for john at this point uh, well we're gonna see but that's still like one fight like i said i think it's gonna be i'd rather see that than conor mcgregor anybody you know what i mean just because it's something different you never know what's gonna happen you know it's an upcoming star you know i definitely there's not other than, like like I said, I want to see this guy go through, like, two more really good people in that light heavyweight division before they face Khabib to really see, you know, Khabib or... 
I don't know why I say it with a K. I think it's spelled with like K H or something. It anyway, is. it's it's Habib, but it's like K B. Yeah, it's some Friggin weird Russians. Russian cat shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, don't kill me. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, that's gonna be. I I don't think he he's. He should face him yet until he just beats everybody, and then it's like, well, hey, who else? Well, as he said in the interview today with Brendan Schaub, is he said that, you know, like, 185 hasn't had a real champ in a long time, so he's waiting until 2021 to go fight John because he wants to to give the respect and he wants to actually like be an active champ and keep fighting and fighting and fighting and putting in the work. And I think he's really good at it. And you know, with his fight with Kelvin, war, he won it. Rob destroyed him. He was going to fight Paulo Costa. That would have been an amazing fight. Paulo Costa, injured. Wants to fight Romero, UFC. They're not going to let that happen. He's lost three of his last four, three in a row. Two of them for a title, one of which he missed weight for. Um, I think the next person in line is... I don't even know at this point. I mean, who is in line? I mean... The only person that has an even valid point at the moment is Darren Till, but he just got to the vision, and he's calling out Romero. And so maybe Romero and him fight before the end of the year, or January card, or February card, and then the winner of that goes to fight uh, Israel. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that all plays out in that division. Uh, Habib, I don't know when he'll fight again. I really want to see him versus Tony Ferguson. I think Tony Ferguson's got a pretty good chance in that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what, what uh, weight is that? That's like the one... Habib and them, and, uh, them cats, that's 155. Uh, Jorge and them is all 170. And then Israel and all them cats is 185. And then John's at 205. So... So it goes lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, and then light heavyweight. But as we're wrapping up on our hour limit here, uh, you want to uh, say any goodbyes? You know, try and promote this. Um, no. Uh, where are we posting this? Uh, I don't know. We'll probably post a link to like the uh, my personal Instagram. We might even make an Instagram for the podcast. I have no idea. You know? Yeah, well, the Instagram, I don't think you can have an hour podcast. But. Well, no, 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 you just post about it, and then people will be able to find it, so I think that'll be okay. You know, you just post, and people will be able to come find it, you know, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to come up with some cover ideas, kind of promote a little bit, see, uh, get some thoughts, get some get some, get some topics and some guests. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, get more than just a phone to record this on, too. You know, maybe a laptop and some mics pretty soon is what I'm going to try and get, you know, try and get this thing going better. Uh, better quality, better preparation, you know. But uh, the pilot, you know, kind of just get to know us, and then towards the end, we kind of jumped into some sports talk because, you know, got to talk about something that is a little bit, you know, cool. Uh, but I do want to just say that uh, we'll be posting a podcast a week, an hour long, and uh, that's probably about. It. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, just yeah. Uh, we appreciate any and all feedback and comments. Uh, we'd be respectful in the comments, obviously, but uh, yeah, we'd appreciate the feedback. And hey, tell someone else about it. Why not? 
you know? It's only an hour. You got plenty. When there's 24 in a day, why not give one up? So, I mean, hey. This is goodbye. Sign out. A few stones in a cave.